SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use that promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and our podcasts. Welcome in to yet another episode of the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Rod Gomez. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Follow the SGP and Fantasy Football Train and Fantasy Train all together at SGP and Fantasy. Bringing back our resident USFL expert, and he probably won't let us call him that, but uh, he has done some of the deeper dives that we have done as a company uh, from the USFL, and man, you seem to be a man of the USFL, so uh, Justin, Mark, welcome back to the show, and uh, we're excited to, to once again break down USFL action with you. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. All right, so <clears throat> let's just get this out of the way, because there was news that broke this morning. Uh, I know this is not necessarily how we normally do things, but uh, the USFL is under fire. From, and I put it in air quotes, the real USFL. Uh, apparently, they're suing Fox because they're saying that Fox out and out stole the USFL from them. I have not read the briefs. I don't want to read the briefs. I am tired of this drama. Uh, but Justin, I'm pretty sure you kind of looked deeper into this. What did you see and, and what are we expecting out of this? I know what I want, but what do you got? Sure, yeah. So they're going to hold this case, I guess, if it even gets to that in California, but it's not even being filed in California. So that's a little confusing. And from everything I've seen, Fox bought all the trademarks. They bought the name. They they crossed their T's, dotted their I's. I don't think there's much of a leg to stand on. I think, if anything, if they have to do something, they just call it the new USFL, and that solves the problem. So I don't think it's too much to worry about. Somebody's just kind of doing a little money grab here and I think we'll get past it pretty quickly. Now, I got told on Twitter, read the files. All they want is just future, and that's fine, whatever. I Look, I honestly don't care what anybody wants out of this. I want more football. So whatever it takes to get this, this product on the field and to not have it derailed by yet another lawsuit, I don't care. Just give me more football. Yeah, I agree. And it's weird that, okay, they're bringing it up 46 days away from the start rather than when this first came about. Like, this isn't new. It's not like it came out overnight. They knew this was happening, and now it's a big deal. So I really think it's just a money grab. Is it just so that, I mean, was it? did it take that long to get the lawsuit filed and to get every all the facts and everything like that? I mean, that could be the only thing to me that makes any kind of sense whatsoever. But none of it makes sense because... Yeah, they're literally about over a month away from kicking off the season, and now you want to come out of the woodwork and say, oh, you stepped on all of our rights. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hopefully yeah. it blows over quickly, so we don't have to stress about if there will be, won't there be, but I don't think it's much to worry about. I hope not. Of course, that's what we said with the AAF, and the next thing you know, that thing folds. So, Sure. <sighs> Holding my breath for yet another spring league to not, dismantle itself within the first couple of weeks so all right we are going to work under the assumption that there will be a usfl season because damn it all we want more football and we want more fantasy football which is why we're back again today to talk about uh some of the running backs some of the wide receivers and a couple of the tight ends that are out there obviously these names are going to be popping up and more uh we will definitely do deeper deeper dives but Look, we're getting set for a company-wide mock draft coming up here at the end of the week, and we need to get some folks acquainted with names uh, because, you know, again, a lot of these guys weren't household names. They will be soon, but they weren't before. So we're going we're gonna to talk about some of them and break them down as we normally do. 
So, uh, let's see. Uh, Justin, I let you pick one. I picked one of the running backs, and then we kind of divvied up the wide receivers. Uh, I know we're going to get to your favorite tight end here in a little while at the end. So, let's kick this off, shall we? Let's do it. All right. We start with Davion Smith, now a member of the Pittsburgh Maulers. I remember him lovingly as an Orlando Apollo, and I also remember him as a Tampa Bay Viper of the AAF and the XFL. But now he gets to turn his attention to the USFL. A lot of these guys are spring league veterans. They jump around from league to league, and that's okay because now we get to cheer for him again. So uh, Davion Smith bringing a lot of, of veteran presence and spring league energy to the USFL. So uh, what made you decide to, to feature him as your running back choice? First of all, he landed on Kirby Wilson's team. And I think Kirby is just going to pound the rock over and over and over being a running back coach. And Davion Smith is the guy that can do that. He's got strong legs. He's got excellent balance. He's very decisive. And he's got good hands. He averaged six yards per catch in college, which, I mean, that's important when we're talking fantasy football. Um, like you said, he's got experience all over the professional leagues. He's uh, had a cup of coffee in the NFL. He's been with the AF, the XFL, the CFL. Um, in college, he ran for 2,225 yards, 22 touchdowns, and there's a really a fun clip. Um, it's actually, I put it in my article on the Mahler's roster where he hits the line of scrimmage, almost gets knocked down, keeps his balance, somehow slips free and runs for a touchdown. And that's just, he just keeps those legs going. He's got super strong legs and just keeps them driving. And I think that's going to fit perfectly in Kirby Wilson's offense. Well, the Orlando Apollos, as we all know, were the de facto champion of the AAF since the league folded. Uh, but he got some good work in there. I mean, he got 75 carries, 345 yards in those games. Uh, that was top 10 in the league in rushing. Six rushing touchdowns, which put him up at the top of the league that way, too. So, you know, again, he was tied with uh, uh, Joe Buonio. And, oh, no, that was it. Kenneth Farrow had four. So, yeah, he was, he was tied for second as far as touchdowns were concerned, in the AAF. Really strong runner, looked good with the Vipers as well, looked like he was going to be one of the league's best there. So, you know, again, he brings that presence, he brings that that fire, and he's just a fun guy to watch overall. I really enjoyed watching him with, especially the Apollos. Like, it, it felt like to me, the AAF really showcased us. But he was part of a backfield there that was a little bit tough because it had to Ernest Johnson back there as well, which we all know. Uh, went on to to the NFL and did some great things there. So, you know, even sharing time with Dernis Johnson, he still looked good. Yeah, and he's a guy that would I rank him as the number one in talent running back? Maybe not, but just because of the offense that I think they're going to run there, he fits perfectly, and I think that's going to really benefit him. Yep, and again, w when you watch these guys and they become spring league names, uh, keep an eye on him. For your fantasy team... I got to say, he's he's up there. I mean, I don't know if he's the first running back I would take off the board, but I almost feel like if I were you know a betting man, he might end up running back one uh, because there's a lot of good running back names that have uh, that have popped out of this this draft that I, I wasn't aware. Of. I was like, holy cow, that guy's back again. I love it. Let's do it. So Davion Smith, keep his name at the top of your head as you enter your fantasy drafts. Uh, because again, after the quarterbacks, because you know everybody's taking quarterbacks round one, uh, you got to start filling the roster out somewhere else. Absolutely. Yeah, I have him. I was doing a little bit of pre-rankings, and I have him third on my list. Um, again, I'm just a little higher because of that offense. Yeah. Again, like I said, I like the guy. I like him. I want to watch him succeed, and uh, this will be a lot of fun. All right, let's move on to somebody that I didn't necessarily know all that well, uh, and that's B.J. Emmons. He is now part of the uh, Tampa Bay Bandits. He uh, is coming out of FAU, right, Florida Atlantic, uh, but he's got a, a past that dates back to uh, Alabama. So, again, we were talking just before we got on, on the air, uh, the fact that he, he got taken by uh, Alabama, and he worked with them through the summer of the 2016 and the end of uh, 2017 so if you're being recruited by an SEC team, there's something there. Unfortunately, he couldn't stick because Alabama's chock full of ridiculous talent. So he took his talents to FAU, uh, where he had a pretty decent career, just not quite up to the snuff of the NFL. And not to mention, 
you got to figure that this was what 2020 when he when he redshirted as a senior, COVID just destroyed draft classes. So uh, we get to know and we get to finally see BJ Emmons actually play some football. So uh, what can you tell us in your research about BJ Emmons to actually introduce him to the fantasy football community of the USFL? Yeah, like you said, uh, recruited to Alabama, so he he's got the talent there. Didn't last. Went to Florida Atlantic. Only played between 2019 and 2020. He only played nine games, so a little bit of an experience there. But he maintained a 4.3 yard average per carry. Finished with eight touchdowns in college. Um, he's he's another guy that I think there's a lot of untapped potential that will become a household name for us that are watching USFL. I think he's got a lot of talent. And he's set up for success. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it. You want to root for all these guys because they're getting their shot to prove themselves. And just when you watch him run, you can tell that he is out to prove himself. You know, you, you leave Alabama thinking um, you were going to play your career there for college and you have something to prove. And I think that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to come out and he's going to prove himself. Uh, I'd like to hope so. Again, I don't want any of these guys to, to fail. Uh, but we talked about you know, bouncing around and, and COVID being, being what it was, uh, Emmons actually signed and spent a little bit of time with the Seahawks and the Raiders on the practice squad. And then with the Jacksonville Jaguars just recently as well. Uh, so, you know, again, it's, it's tough cause he stuck on a couple of practice rosters and, and then just kind of bounced around from there. And that's what happens with a lot of these guys. You know, they, they just need something else to get them above the hump and into the NFL proper. But like I've stated time and time again, I don't want these guys. I mean, look, I get it. Not going to deny them the opportunity to go play for millions of dollars versus whatever they're playing for in the USFL. But by and large, I would like to hope that at some point the USFL becomes lucrative enough to where it can actually pay its players something to where they don't want to leave instantly and actually want to stick around some. So I think that's what we're kind of hoping for with guys like BJ Emmons. Uh, instead of trying to tool around on practice squads or be like the third string running back or, or on special teams just to kind of keep around. Um, that's my hope anyways. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, all right, we move on now to Darnell Holland. Now of the Philadelphia stars being reunited with his spring league quarterback uh, and and now really just going to try to make a run at the championship there as well. Uh, again, we're talking about Brian Scott is his quarterback. Darnell Holland played with him in the spring league as part of the Generals. Now they're together with the Stars. Uh, Holland was one of those special teams guys that did great stuff uh, for the team. Loved it that he wore number zero. That, that was a, a lot of fun because you knew who he was by his number. Uh, actually was named the South Division Player of the Week in one of the weeks there. June 12th is when he actually got that recognition somewhere in that vicinity. Had a couple of touchdowns uh, in the return game. Had a 47-yard touchdown catch. So, you know, did a lot of versatile things in that Generals team. And he looked every bit of it. Again, that Generals team was kind of stacked, to be honest with you. That was a, was a pretty stacked squad. And, and Darnell Holland didn't get starts like he was supposed to. Uh, really, or like he probably should have. So this guy was not necessarily a starter on the team, but really contributed. And I have a feeling that now that he's going to get a shot again with the Stars, hopefully he'll be a featured back. He was taken as one of the first backs off the board. So you know that the the Stars have potential. And you got to think that Scott had something to do with moving him in, saying, yep, play with this guy, love this guy, love his work ethic. So I have a feeling Darnell Holland's going to be a, a good fit there. So uh, what say you, Justin? Yeah, I'm glad you put him on the list. He is a big play threat. Um, his senior year of college, 11.9 yards per carry, which is insane when you think about it. Um, and overall, 10 yards per carry through all four years in college. Every time he touches the ball, he's got the opportunity to go all the way. And uh, when you're talking fantasy football, that's what you want. You want guys that are going to put up big yards, that are going to potentially break free and run those long touchdowns. And that's what you get in Darnell Holland. Absolutely. Kennesaw State is where he went to college. Uh, yeah, again, started uh, as a junior, 13 of 14 games at running back. So he was a starter in college. Uh, eight total offensive touchdowns. The guy can find the end zone. And in these spring leagues, 
the running game sometimes gets more of a of a push in the beginning of the season than does the receiving game. So if you are picking running backs early, uh, you want to go with the guys that you are pretty certain are going to get enough touches, especially when the season starts out. And like I said, the familiarity, but you cannot overlook the familiarity between Scott and Holland in this situation. They looked really well, good together when they played in the spring league and Holland got carries. So, uh, you know, Scott's going to lean on him early, even catching stuff out of the backfield. This guy, he's a complete package. Yeah. And, um, if your quarterback trusts you, I mean, that's half the battle right there. And that's a guy that's coming in where Scott already trusts him. He doesn't have to build that. And I think that's important. Absolutely important. So, uh, another, uh, just another name to keep on your radar because this guy, you know, again, you're going to hear his name quite often. Um, and, and that's, that's really all there is to it. So move him on your boards as you see fit. Where, where do you have him ranked? You said you were doing some rankings. You already have him ranked. Um, yeah, let me pull that up real quick. He's sixth for me. Sixth for you. Okay. Five other ones at six out of eight. That That's all right. It's all right. I yep. get it. Uh, <laughs> I won't, I won't fault you on that. Uh, I haven't done any rankings yet. I will, but I haven't done any rankings just quite yet. Uh, I'll, I'll get there. So, uh, All right. We move on now to receivers, where the first receiver that we're going to talk about is Quincy Adeboyjo out of, or now he's a, a Michigan Panther. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's out of... Where did we say he was out of? Ole Miss. Ole Miss. That is correct. <laughs> I had it sitting right there. I had to click through all the tabs. He's out of Ole Miss. Uh, so, Quincy, that's another name that announcers are going to hate, but we need to get to know. So, Quincy Adeboyjo, what do we say about him? Yeah, so he's six foot three, but he's fast. You know, usually you think of those taller guys, maybe aren't as quick. He's got a perfect combination of height and speed. He played slot um, at wide receiver at Ole Miss. He's, he's got excellent hands. I think they'll probably move him to the outside with the Panthers, whether it's Shea Patterson or Paxton Lynch. I guess we'll see who's throwing to him. But um, he's just he's got excellent hands. He'll go up and get the ball. He creates mismatch uh, on the field no matter where he lines up. And he's got a really high football IQ. And um, having that high IQ, you know, when you're coming in, learning this brand-new off offense, that's a guy that's going to gain trust quickly from his quarterback because he's going to be where he's supposed to be. And I think that they're going to end up relying on him a lot. And um, even if they're under pressure, which we think they will be early on, the quarterback's kind of scrambling around um, and just kind of toss it up to him. And I think he's going to come down and make plays for him. Um, I'm really excited to see him play, uh, especially with that height and speed advantage that he has. So he played a little bit with the Ravens practice squad and then signed with the Jets for a little bit. Didn't really get to do much there either. Uh, and then he was on the Patriots practice squad. So, unfortunately, he was actually waived and injured. Uh, he was on the injured reserve, like, almost the day, like, almost after he signed. So, I mean, it was a tough, I mean, well, I, a little bit longer. But, again, he spent some time with the Patriots, which is obviously a good thing. Uh, and then with the Ravens. Uh, the, the experience that these guys get on practice squads is not always necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you know, we, we talk a lot about how, um, practice squads don't necessarily mean you're on the team, but you're practicing the schemes. You're practicing what you need to learn in order to be on these teams. So you're really getting some valuable reps and some valuable experience on these practice squads, which is why a lot of these guys are, are so in demand when it comes to practice squad players. So, you know, when he's, when he's playing up against the Patriots, that's, that's a really good uh, thing to sharpen your skill on. And of course, with the Ravens too, back in 2017, uh, we'll we'll count out the Jets. But uh, everybody else, that's good practice, right? So I mean, you got to figure he's bringing something to this league. Yeah, and you're getting coached up by NFL level coaches, and you know that's invaluable. So um, I think that's really why a lot of these guys end up hitting in these leagues because even if they didn't necessarily stick with the NFL, they still got that coaching and those reps, and that that means a lot and um, comes into their play. And yet, I mean, again, I, I want this to be a destination league. I, I'm, I'm going to harp on it, but I really do. I just, I very much want to see uh, guys want to play in the USFL because it's very difficult to make the NFL. And so when you're talking about uh, trying to play football professionally, if that's an avenue that you can do it, by all means, do it, you know? Uh, and that's, yeah, that's what a player uh, like, like, uh, and I'm going to say it, Quincy Adeboyjo. 
uh, is is pound to do. So he's with the Panthers. All right, let's move on to Brennan Eagles. Not with the Eagles. <laughs> Instead, he is with the Stars, a receiver out of Texas. Man played for Texas. Uh, and so now he's going to move on and play in the USFL. Uh, he had a pretty decent career in Texas. I mean, it wasn't anything to completely write home about. About 1,000 yards in his career uh, over the course of his career, 11 touchdowns. Uh, again, when we're talking about players that play in the USFL or in these spring leagues, you look at these numbers and nine times out of 10, they're the third receiver maybe on the team, fourth receiver, sometimes uh, even even lower on the, on the totem pole. But uh, we're going to get a chance to see Brennan Eagles on the USFL squad. So uh, what did you learn in your studies about Brennan Eagles? Yeah, so one of the things that stuck out is he's six foot four and he's a former sprinter on the track team. So this is another guy that's got great height and great speed. And when I was kind of breaking down the cornerbacks and digging into them, most of them are under six foot. I found that pretty interesting. A lot of the teams went for speedy guys, not tall guys. And so you got to think a guy that's six foot four and fast, he's explosive. He's an exceptional leaper. Uh, he's going to be able to just have uh, Brian Scott throw those long high balls to him and he'll just go up and get them. Um, he's another guy that has big play potential, 17 yards per catch during college, uh, from 2019 to 2020, he had 11 touchdowns, 991 yards. Uh, he's a, he's an excellent player. He's got excellent hands. And like I said, his ability to, um, explode off the line and then leap up and get those high balls. He's, he's going to make a huge impact and going to be somebody that Brian Scott, I think really appreciates. Yeah, Scott does have a pretty nice touch on his ball, uh, especially you saw it in the spring league that season that he that he really pretty much showcased his talents, uh, and especially in that championship game too, definitely showed the touch. And and if I mean if the mismatch is that big between the receiver and the the corners or the safeties, uh, you got to think that they're going to exploit that early and often and take some deep shots. So uh, very excited to watch what uh, Brennan Eagles can do, and because he's got a cool name. So <laughs> that's one that you won't forget, right? I mean, there's a lot of folks on there that you can be like, oh, I can't remember the name of that receiver that I wanted. Uh, but Brennan Eagles is definitely uh, one that you will not forget. Uh, and you got to look at the schedule that these guys play too. I mean, they played Oklahoma in his in 2020 in his senior year, uh, played Baylor. That's, that's a pretty tough get. Uh, so Texas plays some pretty tough opponents. And he's got some good competition that he's he's shown that he can compete against, and uh, he's going to have to try to show it again uh, in this. And again, I think this this uh, Stars offense is going to be one of the better offenses in the league um, because I'm showing my bias again to Scott, but I really do think he's he's one of the better quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in this league. Not just because I, I personally know him, but because I've watched him play at a high level in the spring league before and he did look better than everybody else that was out there yeah he's a winner and like we said the familiarity with holland and then eagles being a tall guy and we're going to talk about one other tall guy that he has to throw to a little bit later too yes we will but first let's talk about win bet WinBet has a massive college basketball contest, and the grand prize winner is going to get a reserve seating area, that's four seats, at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sportsbook for the early round action of the college basketball tournament happening March 17th and March 18th, as well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, you'll be rewarded with $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any WinBet patron... <laughs> That places a $25 wager on college basketball during the promotional period is going to be eligible for the prize. And you can take advantage of the offer right this second. Oh, wait. There's no limit to the number of entries that you can receive in the grand prize drawing. For example, if you wager $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, you're going to receive 40 Entries that offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. There are literally never enough things to gamble on. And the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is now. 
There's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stables, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. And more importantly, win as much as $15,000 with just one entry. Don't know anything about horses? I don't. Justin probably doesn't. That's all right. Don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. Best thing of all, the app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly. It tracks all over the United States. So get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. So download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stables. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win. We're brought to you by PropSwap, as we always are, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is here, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance every season. Prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Yes, they do. <laughs> Where am I at? Like Wes from Iowa. I got so caught up on Wes. He sold a $250, 30-to-1 Arizona to win the championship ticket for $750 on PropSwap. So now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds and cash out on PropSwap when the tourney starts. When you're making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and Keep one to let it ride. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry! Download the free PropSwap app today. It's got fantastic features, just like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale. You get a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit. PropSwap's going to match your deposit up to $500. So join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets and of course don't forget to download the sgpn app it is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts please toss us an app review and download the sgpn app today coming back with more of the sgpn fantasy football podcast on the sports gambling podcast network rod via gomez justin mark breaking down the exciting and hopefully going to happen, USFL <laughs> League, as we look into your running backs, wide receivers, and your tight ends uh, as you start getting ready for USFL drafts. Uh, the supplemental draft happening March 10th, correct? Yep. And that's where the rest of the rosters are going to get filled out. But these are the guys that these teams deemed uh, worthy enough to go in the first set of of drafts does that sway us at all as far as where we draft these guys um i don't think so i mean you got to think that these guys are going to get the first chances to start now will that change going forward it's possible but i think um as of right now you got to look at them as your potential starters um it's kind of yeah so they're doing that supplemental draft march 10th and then they have march 19th and march 20th they're having kind of a combine slice tryout and I'm not sure how those guys will then integrate into teams as well. So it seems a little backwards, but I'm sure they know what they're doing. And for right now, the guys that went in these 35 rounds, that's who I'm focused on for our starters. I think you're correct. Of course, you never know. I mean, we've, we've seen it time and time again, especially with the USFL. I mean, I'm sorry, the AAF and the XFL, uh, that some of these other guys just sort of jump out of the woodwork. And, and, and to a certain extent with the Spring League and even the fan-controlled football league, there were guys that uh, were being touted as, as heavily big names, and then all of a sudden other guys just start jumping out of the woodwork, and you're like, whoa, where'd that guy come from? So maybe we'll get a lot of that going on as well in the USFL. Uh, so we'll turn our attention to continue with the wide receivers. Victor Bolden Jr., now playing for the Birmingham Stallions, a name I'm a little familiar with because I saw it in the red and gold in San Francisco. This guy uh, actually played on the Niners. He was a kick returner for a little while, had three kickoffs for 71 yards in his NFL debut, looked pretty good 
but uh, injured himself. And then, unfortunately, in 2018, was suspended because of violating the league's performance-enhancing substances. Did not see the field after that because he was waived, uh, but re-signed a little bit later. Uh, played on the Bills practice squad for a little while and then went to the Detroit Lions practice squad. So, yet another guy who jumped around from uh, from camp to camp has one reception in the NFL for 10 yards and 535 return yards. Uh, you know, we, he's proven that he can be up there. Staying up there was a little different. So, uh, what, what do you got to say about Victor Bolden Jr.? Yeah, this guy is fast. He's got a lot of speed and he's shifty. So he brings that big play potential, um, has good hands. And when you watch the clips, you would think of kind of a, a smaller guy. He's five foot nine, 178 pounds. You would think that he wouldn't play through the contact, but he does. Um, I watched a couple clips. He catches the ball, gets popped really hard, and hangs on. Um, he's just, he's got strong hands. And uh, that five nine, one seventy eight, you might think, that seems a little small for a wide receiver. It's not much smaller than Tyreek Hill. It's like an inch smaller and a couple pounds. So he's got that speed and kind of that same skill set too. In college, he had 1,863 yards receiving and seven touchdowns, but he also had 727 rushing yards. They used him a lot on sweeps and reverses out of the backfield. He had 11 yards per catch, and I think that's what he's going to bring to the Stallions. He's going to be kind of that gadget player that you can line up at any spot and they'll never know if he's going to get the ball, if he's going to turn around, reverse and get the ball or just be a decoy. And I think that's going to make him pretty valuable fantasy wise, especially with that big play potential. Oregon state beaver. I guess we're going to start seeing more and more wide receivers being drafted like Debo Samuel, right? I mean, we saw the copycat league happen last at the end of last season when everybody started to figure out, oh, maybe I should use uh, my wide receiver as a running back as well. And, and you started seeing more and more of that happening over across the league. And now, I guess that blueprint is carried over into spring leagues as we're starting to see guys like Victor Bolden Jr., who can be used as both a running back and a wide receiver, get taken in early in the draft. So maybe a guy like Victor Bolden moves up your draft board because of the fact that he can be uh, a dual threat. So wh where do you have him sitting right now? Um, I actually have him at seven, so I'm pretty high on him because of that ability to be a runner or receiver. Um, kind of like you said, your Debo or your Corderell Patterson, those guys, that they can line up anywhere. Yeah, and again, we, we're seeing it more and more. Coaches are starting to really take a chance on on that kind of a, a player, and it paid off for Debo. I mean, we've seen a lot of failed attempts at it, but you know, God bless him for trying, and, and I think at, at some point we're going to see uh, maybe even a position as we start to move forward, and maybe college starts to look at it a, few, uh, a little bit more and implement it more too. Uh, where we'll actually see sort of like a, a wide receiver halfback hybrid position and guys like uh, Victor Bolden Jr. will fill that mold. Uh, all right, we move on to friend of the show, friend of the SGP uh, and the SGPN network, Peyton Ramsey. How much fun was talking to this guy on the live stream, honestly? Oh, oh man, he just emitted energy and happiness i mean it was fantastic you couldn't help but watch him and just feel excited for him and excited to watch him play yeah that, that was my favorite part i mean this is the guy when he got on he was just so excited to be one talking to anybody about it let alone us being his first interview uh which was which was great but like you know there's just the fact that he was so thrilled to be drafted into the usfl as early as he was uh, you know, he he went in the first day, the first uh, few draft picks. So uh, for wide receivers, which is great. But he's played. He played for the Tuskegee University. Uh, again, really small school, and he even alluded to that it was super small. He didn't know if he was even gonna get drafted. But now he's playing with the Birmingham Stallions. So tell us a little bit about our friend Peyton Ramsey. Yeah. So this guy is another one that has big play potential written all over him. Don't discredit him because he went to Tuskegee. I mean, we see small school guys come into the NFL and or, you know, even like the East-West Shrine games, you see, oh, the small school guy, they keep up every step of the way with the, the power five and everything. Um, he averaged 22.58 yards per catch his junior year, which is insane. And then 18 yards per catch his senior year. Um, there's a really fun clip when watching highlights. He catches the ball, turns the ball, does get hustled loose, 
you know, you watch in the NFL, these receivers, they get knocked down, lose the ball, and they just kind of do this reach out attempt. He popped up like he was doing a burpee. The ball bounced on the ground. He caught it because his hands are so good, and he ran it for a touchdown. I watched it like five times in a row because it was just so fun to watch. And I think that that energy he has, that drive that we saw in his interview, he brings that to the field. He's got that high energy. He's got that prove-it mentality. And he's just out there having fun. And you can tell it in all his clips. And I think that's going to translate really well into the USFL. I think he's going to be a big play guy. And um, he's going to be a household name. People are going to go, Tuskegee, what? And he's going to be somebody that they know. The toughest part, and one of the toughest parts, especially when you start covering the leagues, because I remember even arena football or or AAF or XFL or even now the USFL, is these players, they don't have the resume that you're used to talking about when you're talking about NFL players, right? I mean, with NFL players, you can go back and you, you could talk about years worth of rushing stats and years worth of this. And even in college, it's like these, these gigantic seasons but these guys don't necessarily carry the numbers with them into these leagues that a lot of people that make a lot of people like fantasy players go, man, I really need that guy. But sometimes it's the intangibles that make you the gut calls. You know what I'm saying? Like the just the mm-hmm. I feel like this guy is going to do big things. Sometimes you got to trust that as well. I mean, we get so wrapped up in stats and we get so wrapped up in in how they they did that sometimes you just forget that these guys. You know, there's a, a, a old saying that you draft who you want to root for. And to be honest with you, that's kind of what Peyton Ramsey is. He's the guy that you want to root for. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I want to bring him in. Uh, Maybe I'll get sniped on him for sure. But, oh, well. (laughs) I can't can't do an SGPN fantasy draft and not get sniped on these guys. So (laughs) I'm just going to get after used to to finding deeper names down down the roster. Uh, all right, and then as we move, talk about deeper names on the roster. Uh, Eli Rogers, not a deep name on the roster. Obviously, one of the more recognizable names in the USFL right now, uh, only because he does have actual legit numbers that we we just talked about not having numbers. Eli Rogers carried with him NFL numbers from the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, and so he's going to come into this this league a little more seasoned than most. And some may say that it's a little bit of a mismatch, right? Because Eli Rogers is obviously an NFL caliber type player. Uh, Of course, we know he didn't necessarily stick up there, but wasn't really for talent, I guess, Uh, more for other stuff. But what does this do for for the rest of the league? Does this put Eli Rogers in a class of his own? Uh, What are your thoughts on on Rogers in the USFL? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to look at him and think he's the number one wide receiver just because of his experience. I mean, he played for the Steelers. He's reunited with his offensive coordinator, Todd Haley. I think that says a lot because he's going to know the routes. He's most, I'm sure Haley's going to bring some of the same stuff to this team and he's going to know it. And um, in 2016, Rodgers had 11, 20 plus receptions. So again, he's another guy that's going to be, have that big play potential. And that's what you want in fantasy football. You want guys that are going to go out and make big plays. Even if they only get five catches, if he's, you know, getting 20 yards each catch, there's 100 yards, um, that's valuable. And I just think it's hard not to look at him as the number one guy. But I think it also lifts everybody else up because this is a guy that did stick around the NFL for a little bit. He has played with, you know, the Roethlisbergers and those guys. And everybody else is going to be, I want to show that guy up. I want to show that I am better than him because he was an NFL guy. And so I, I think I think it can go both ways. He can be kind of on a on a pedestal of his own, but I also think it's going to lift other guys to compete because, I mean, all these guys, you see it in their interviews, they're all competitors. They love to compete, and I think that's what they're going to feel, whether they're on the defense lined up against him or the other team wanting to put up bigger numbers than him. Not just that, but I mean, you look at his path after the NFL to after he got released from the Steelers in 2019. I mean, he did play for the Defenders. I mean, he, he went on to play for the D.C. Defenders in the XFL. I remember he had a pretty decent run the couple of games that he did end up playing with them. Uh, he had six passes or six, six catches for 73 yards in his first game uh, against the Dragons. So, you know, he had he had a decent game or two there before the XFL had to fold. I thought he was going to be, again, 
we talked about coming in with the XFL pedigree or an NFL pedigree. Um, he did just that in the XFL and and looked good. Looked like he was going to run away with it. So he's probably not looking for another NFL chance. I mean, I'm sure he is. He wouldn't turn one down if it came to him. But I think he's going to probably be realistic in the fact that maybe this is this is the stop. This may be the chance where he plays professional football for the time being. Uh, had a cup of coffee with the Alouettes, but obviously did not get a chance to play uh, Montreal Alouettes. I remember that uh, news being tossed about and, and remember thinking, yeah, that's probably a good name to bring uh, into the end. Even though there's already an Eric Rogers in the CFL, but uh, Eli Rogers would have been just as good. Um, all right. We move on to the moment that Justin's been waiting for all show long. Uh, and, and look, I'm going to, I, when he, when you brought this name up, when I saw this name pop up, I very much enjoyed seeing it because I remember watching him play. I have his card, uh, and, and I'm, I'm excited about it too. But Bug Howard, the tight end, is now part of the Stars. My, or uh, Yeah, he's going to be with Brian Scott in the Stars. So Bug Howard, you read his career history, and it basically, there's it's easier to list teams he hasn't been on. Uh, but it's sad because he's he's a good player. Uh, but he was on the Colts for a second, the Browns, the Panthers. Uh, he did play for the Atlanta Legends, in which, like I said, I have his card. Uh, the Broncos, the Jaguars, the Bills, and now the Stars. So why, Justin, are you so hyped about Bug Howard? Yeah, I'm so hyped. You're probably going to have to cut me off here. Um, he's <laughs> six foot five, 228 pounds, converted wide receiver. Um, I was introduced to Bug Howard when my Bears drafted Mitch Trubisky, and I wanted to absorb all his college tape. And I thought, who is that guy he keeps throwing to? Who's that tall guy? It was Bug Howard. Um, Bug Howard was Mitch's go-to guy in Bug's senior year. And I kept thinking, they need to bring him in. They, the Bears should bring him in. We need wide receiver help. He's a big guy that Mitch is comfortable with. Um, he's, he makes plays. His hands are unbelievably strong. He's, he dropped four passes in, or four catches in four seasons. He does not drop the ball. So he's another big target that Brian Scott's going to be able to chuck it up to, and he's going to come down with it. And side note, like I play a lot of Madden, and I always like to do the fantasy draft, and Bug Howard's name never comes up. But then after the draft, he's out there on the free agency because he's rated so low, and I chuck him into my wide receiver one position, and it's the same thing. I can throw it to him, and he just comes down. Now, does that always translate into professional football? No, but I do think he's got a lot of talent. Um, in the AAF, like you said, 17 receptions, 220 yards. He had 18 touchdowns in college. 14 of those were his senior year. So I think that's the year he really started to shine. And I think he's going to be a tight end touchdown machine. You know, former wide receiver probably needs to work on some of his blocking technique, but he's going to be a huge red zone target. And just like the NFL, tight end is one of those positions that if you can get somebody that consistently performs above the other guys, it really gives you a leg up on the competition. Yes, it sure does. And in Atlanta, he had guys like Aaron Murray and Matt Sims throwing him the ball. Uh, so, you know, Aaron Murray, we know college great. Uh, Matt Sims, again, one of the guys that never couldn't necessarily catch on in the NFL, uh, but still made some good spring league noise. Uh, but you know, again, he, he did, he showed some, some flashes, 220 yards for a tight end in the AAF was not bad. I mean, the, sure. the tight end position in the AAF was not necessarily a featured position as it were. Uh, but you know, to, to have that much play in there and, and I don't know that the tight end position, what it's going to look like in the USFL either, but I'd like to hope that we can, uh, root for some, some action, uh, like I said, he was with the Colts, the Browns, the Panthers, the Broncos, the Jaguars, the Bills. So enough teams want to bring him in to work him out to where there's something there to actually uh, uh, make it work. So I'll give you the last word on Bug on, on why he should be. Where's he at in your tight ends, or, or do I even need to ask? And this is going to be controversial, but I got him at number one. <laughs> uh, his, his, his fandom is about as much as my Debo Samuel fandom at this point. Exactly. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, Bug Howard, you can't forget that name. It's Bug, right? Bug. I mean, he's going to be on the stars. Look for him on your draft sheets when he's there. Uh, all right. We move on to Nick Truesdale. Nick Truesdale will now be on my uh, 
New Jersey Generals of the USFL. Guy played four. Let's go down the list here, shall we? In 2014, he played for the Colorado Ice. Yes, the Colorado Ice. It is an indoor football team. He played for the Bemidiji Axemen, right? Uh, the Benjamin Axman, that is another indoor football league. He played for the Spokane Shock, the Portland Steel, uh, had a little bit of time with the Colts, the Rattlers uh, of the indoor football league, the Cleveland Gladiators of the indoor football league, then went to the Vikings, then played for the Stallions, which again, I have his card, then the Jets, then the Vipers, now the Generals. Very, very long list of folks that he's played for. The dude has experience for miles and is actually, I think, one of the better uh, tight end choices in this in this setup because, again, he's got experience from leagues, from indoor football to outdoor football to spring football. Um, he brings a ton of experience with him, uh, but unfortunately, again, just not enough to to carry with him in to the NFL. 2015 with the Spokane Shock, he had 977 yards and 23 touchdowns. I know it's indoor football. I know the stats seem a little skewed, but 23 touchdowns, 977 yards? Come on, dude. That's impressive, even for a tight end. Uh, and then with the AAF, he had 24 receptions for the Stallions for 269 yards and three touchdowns. Dude finds the end zone. So that's what I want in a tight end. Nick Truesdale is probably my number one tight end if we're talking uh, rankings going into this. Yeah, and I got him at number two, so I can definitely understand that. He's a tall guy, and you read his resume there, 11 years of professional experience. And if you don't think that's going to carry over and translate to success at least a little bit in the USFL, uh, you know, I don't know what will. Um, Sure, he's not a spring chicken compared to some of these guys, but he's got that experience. He's a big guy with good hands, um, very similar makeup to Bug Howard. Um, and like you said, touchdown machine, he finds the end zone and he's a huge red zone target. And like we were saying with bug, if you can get a a leg up on the competition at tight end, then that, that is a huge for you. Um, it's the same when we play NFL fantasy football, if you can get one of those top tier guys, it it really makes a huge difference. And Nick Truesdale is going to be one of those guys. Yeah, I actually, I can't wait to watch him play. Uh, I did, I mean, he was taken by the Aviators. I do remember that in 2020. He played a little bit in the Spring League with the Aviators. Uh, because again, these names, when they pop up over and over again, you, you tend to recognize them. And and Nick Truesdale, you just don't forget him. 6'5", 246 pounds. Like, he's a big, big guy. And anybody that can put up 23 touchdowns as a tight end in the Indoor Football League, I'm keeping an eye on him. Um like I said, I was really impressed with the way he looked. I, I don't understand why he didn't get much run after the AAF uh, or why he didn't stick anywhere. But maybe it's like the, the Donald Parham of it all, right? I mean, these guys, Donald Parham is a damn good tight end. And, and it's frustrating because I don't feel like the Chargers were using him correctly last season. But maybe that is just my uh, spring league bias showing. No, I agree with you. Right? Like they could have used him better, way better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Another, you know, red zone target that I don't know why you're not trying to chuck it to them every time you get down there, and obviously they weren't, but um, and that's that's what I think they need to do with Truesdale for sure. Put that ball four feet above his head. Let him make the catch, you know? On his dad. Yeah. Yeah, his dad was a basketball player, so he's got those basketball genetics. Just reach up there, you know, jump high. That wingspan. Yep. <sighs> Frustrating. All right. Man, I you know, it's funny because we just went through 10 names, but I feel like we just left so much on the table because there's so many more names that we could bring uh, up and, and so many other players that deserve mentions on this show. But we're going to do that, right? We got plenty of time. We got all season. Absolutely. We'll be talking about these guys and then some uh, because I know that there's even guys that I was saying, man, we should probably just go an all running back show or all wide receiver show. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll divvy them up here and there. I don't want to burden everybody with every position right away. So we'll just take it slow. Shall we? When we didn't want to give away our top picks before we do our first mock. Thank you. Thank you. People (laughs) listen to this show. So that means that they're going to know what we're picking before the, the mock draft. And I don't want to do that. So (laughs) 
Uh, all right. Keep an eye out on Alt Fantasy. Uh, follow them on Twitter. Uh, just look for Alt Fantasy. You'll find it. They are going to be hosting USFL Fantasy uh, this season, season long wise. Uh, we're still looking to keep up with what's going on for daily. Uh, but DraftKings Sportsbook just announced they're going to start offering sports betting for USFL. That's exciting, yeah? Absolutely. And you, you got to think if they start getting enough market that Daily Fantasy is going to follow. I have a feeling that Daily Fantasy should follow thereafter. Uh, if not, I mean, you know, there's got to be an avenue out there that, that will do Daily Fantasy for the uh, USFL. Maybe FanDuel, um, but mm-hmm. keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, I mean, man, we're getting ever so close. Now we're just a little over a month away from kickoff. Okay, more than a little, but you know, it's going to get there quicker than we know it. 46 days. I counted them this 46 morning. 46 <laughs> days. Justin's not excited at all. Uh, nope. <laughs> but all right, Justin, let everybody know where they can find you if they don't know already and all of your fantastic USFL work. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, jmarkfootball, or just find me all over the SGPN website and app. All over, literally. You cannot click a link on there without finding some of Justin's work on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website. He is a fantastic team member and really just cranking this out for you, man. If, if there's anybody right now working harder in the USFL world, I want to meet them uh, so that I can tell them that they're not, that they're not working harder than Justin. So. I think it's you. I think no. you are the person. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not even close, but there. That's a good way to play me out. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Twitter at RJVUGOMEZ. Of course, find this show on the SGPN app or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We're back next with the USFL Mock Draft. How much fun is that going to be? So keep an eye out for that. And then, of course, like I said, all season long, keep up with USFL news fantasy-wise right here on the SGPN Fantasy Football app. We'll sprinkle in some NFL stuff when that becomes relevant, like I did with the uh, the draft last time. But, uh, yeah, until then, it's USFL or bust. So, again, until next time, everybody, we'll talk to you soon. And let it ride! Simply.